0: Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. But there was a great comedian, he's still out there today, Jeff Foxworthy. Many of you know Jeff. And he catapulted his comedic routine into the orbit by talking about rednecks. Now, a few years ago, um, you could actually talk about rednecks, but now I don't know, I might get some hate mail. Because we're singling out certain kind of people. I actually got an email from a lady who said, I can't believe recently you talked about your own weight. You know that people are challenged by weight. And we're a classification, a subculture now called uh, overweight people. And uh, you know we have a condition called overweightedness. And, <laughs> and it makes us less buoyant in the water. Or more buoyant depends on your body shape. And if you're in salt water, you'll never sink Uh, when you're big. And so I I didn't know how to respond to that email except to say, I'm sorry if I offended you. So um, I asked a few pastors if I could quote Jeff Foxworthy, even like three quotes. They said, oh, don't go there, man, because people are so sensitive now. And so if you're sensitive or if you've been out in the sun too long and the back of your neck is red, I'm not talking about you or singling out any people group. And and I'm not generalizing to a geographical area area like people from the South, just because I'm talking about Jeff Foxworthy, who lives in Atlanta, Georgia. But Jeff is a Christian. I thought I would add that, kind of help myself here. (laughs) Jeff is a Christian, and he attends North Point Community Church, and oftentimes is seated on the front row listening to his pastor. And he sits next to John Maxwell, the leadership guru, who's also in the same church and all the Kathy family who own a little chicken thing called Chick-fil-A. So they all go to the same. Could you imagine being their pastor? It'd be kind of cool. Yeah, right? I'd be nervous, but I'm nervous now anyway because I'm about to talk about Jeff Foxworthy. You see? All that's a setup. All right. So don't send me any hate mail. All right? But you know you're a redneck (laughs) if you ever cut your grass and find your car. See, I think that's good. That's good. Don't worry. I've only got two more. He has a million of them. You know you're a redneck if your hairdo has ever been ruined by your ceiling fan. I just... And then he says, you know... And by the way, I had to get the real special ones here. I spent hours just cutting out three that wouldn't get me in too much trouble. He says, you know you're a redneck if you list beginner's luck as a skill on your job application. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? Yeah, now I know you, a lot of you here, are, are, your mind's going because you, you know some of the other ones. Well, how about this? Hmm. Signs of anxiety. You know you're an anxious person if you laugh less than you once did. If you didn't laugh to any of those three Jeff Foxworthy quotes. <laughs> You know you're an anxious person if you assume that something bad is going to happen to you right around the bend. You got one flat tire and you assume that the other three will go flat and the spare will be flat when you go to change the first, come on. You know that you're under anxiety or worried when you talk about stress and busyness a lot. Or you say this often, I have no time, I, I, just, I, just have, I just have no time. I just have no time. Did you know, a study's been done recently, that every individual has 24 hours a day. Did you know that? <laughs> Scientific. When you downplay good news with a healthy dose of the version of your reality, when you find that something small going wrong can provoke an oversized response in terms of your tears or your anger, something little just is, is catastrophic. Or given the chance, you would avoid interaction with most of humanity the rest of your life. You want to be isolated. My good friend Wayne Cadero says, um, we often want isolation when we haven't been alone with God. We haven't spent time being still and knowing that He's God. Well, now that it just went from laughter to... <sighs> Yeah, let's uh, hit the first point. We've been using this point every week, and I want to just keep using it till this series is done. The prison of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. I know that there will be opportunity for us in 2019 to be anxious, but I also know, with the Lord's help and with proper self-care and following the prescription in Philippians 4, that we can live free from the prison of anxiety, where we say, I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to be stuck here. We've been using this uh, acronym CALM throughout this series. And I give credit again to uh, Max Lucado for his book, Anxious for Nothing, Finding Calm in a Chaotic World. It's the letters that we have on our piano over here on the piano table that we celebrate is the see God's goodness. We talked about the sovereignty of God. That we ask God for help, we talked about prayer, that we let our petitions and requests be known to God. We're going to talk today about leaving our concerns with God, leave our concerns there, and then we'll talk in the next few weeks about meditating on good things. So with our best 949 voice, let's read from Philippians chapter 4, (laughs) verse 4 to 7, ready, go. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I'll say it again, rejoice. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I think it's very strategic that we've been in this series, and today I get to talk to you about leaving all your concerns with God as we close the chapter of 2018, and start into the brand new chapter of 2019. I just wonder how many of you have already violated your New Year's resolutions. Have you? Yeah, I didn't make any, so I'm 100%. That's good. So how do we leave our concerns with God? We can become convinced that if only this one thing would be different, if only, and I've found in in my life and ministry and in my own experience that we can live in the if onlys pretty easily. If if only they would, if only that would, if if only I could, if only if 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 only if only if only if only I had more money, I'd have nothing to worry about. Ever had more money than you did before? I mean, ever. By the way, almost every one of us in here—if we started a career at some point—we probably had more money at one point than before, uh, and and so it really calmed our nerves, didn't it? Took away every every problem that we ever had. If I was thinner, then then I'd have the good life and I'd be anxious for nothing. If if I was older, some of you wish that, most of you most of you don't. If I'd have life all figured out, if I was just a little bit older, I'd be so much smarter. I'd know it. Oh, if I was younger. Or I have a friend, true story, who just always talks about his high school days. He's my age. And every morning with his devotions, he gets out the yearbook. I'm serious. And he talks about, and every once in a while, I'll get an email from Hey, guess who I found on Facebook? I found the tuba player from the marching band. Is he still playing the tuba? No, can you believe he gave his tuba up? <laughs> he doesn't play it anymore. Oh, by the way, this guy played the saxophone. He still has all the marching band music. ba ba Ba-da-ba. Every song, every band in America is still playing Louie Louie from the '60s. Can you believe that? You know why? Because the districts are too cheap to get new music. They play the same stuff over and over. But it's true. Hey, there might be somebody here who says, "If I could just go back, if I could just, can I, can I tell you, you're not going back." <laughs> yeah. If only I, if only I. Hey, would you fill in the blank, if only, there we go, where's the fill-in? No, you write it in. If only, then I could be anxious for nothing. Now, if you do this, you go ahead and and write something down, but if you're with somebody that happens to be your fill-in, don't write it in code. Don't do an arrow. If only they would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when you point your finger, right? There's three pointing back at you. Come on. Does a good life seem like it's always an only if or if only away? One purchase away, one promotion away, one election away, one romance away, one graduation away, one new base assignment away. Huh. Now, if you take this exercise seriously, you'll also be able to write down something we did a few weeks ago if you were here the two circles, what's in my circle and what's out of my circle. And you can take these and put them in the category. Oh, this is something I need to change. This is something under my control. I can, I can do something about, but then these things are outside my control. Can't do anything about them. Can't do anything about them. You know, there's stuff in our community. There's stuff in our, in our nation, in our world, we can do nothing about but pray and trust. So those are in the outside circle. If, if, if only, if, if only, do you know what I have found? Please hear my heart. There are so many Christians, spirit-filled Christians, who worship God and come to communion. But if only, if only I had more. If only we. If only I could get. If only I could get that car. If only. If only I could get. If only I could get her in my life. If only I could get him in my life. If only I could get him out of my life. Come on. See, unnamed worries have unimaginable power. When somebody says, "Yeah, I've got my, my family." That's too vague. Even God goes, "Okay, what part of your family are you talking about?" Now he knows your needs. Don't I got good theology. But he wants to hear from you specifics. When I study the scriptures, I find people are very specific, especially the psalmists. You know, one place David says, "Um, Lord, I feel like death is strangling me." And he talks about it very descriptively. Lord, I, I, I feel like you're not there. I'm crying out to you and I feel like the heavens are as brass. I, I can't find you, God. See, I think God welcomes our specific prayer, our specific petition, our specific request. And see, to be anxious for nothing, you have to shrink your worries down to, to size by naming them and then containing them and then bringing them to God with thanksgiving. That's a that's a Bernie Fetterman, not a Max Lucado. That's why it's so long. You have to shriek your worries down to size. Call them what they are. Name them. And then contain them. You remember a few weeks ago, I talked about how you train a dog. You get that little dog, and it's all rambunctious, and you're so excited when it goes potty outside. Yay! You get a treat. Doing something that I got to clean up, but it's so great that you go outside and then they have an accident. Oh, you shame them, right? Yeah, some of you rub your nose in it, and then some of you don't. Some of you just let it stay there. Others of you clean it. You know, you know what you do. Well, here's what I'd like you to see is an image today. Name your concerns and then leave them with the Lord. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving, okay? We'll get to the thanksgiving in a moment. Prayer, petition, request, supplication, all of that. Leave them there and then do this like you would the dog. Stay. Stay. And the dog starts, come on, across the floor, just a little bit closer to you, right? Wanting to see where the borderline is, the boundary is. No, stay back. You, back, back. Good boy. Good boy back. Good boy Good girl. Way to go. Stay. And here's the dog says, But I want to go with you. No. Stay. Now, what's staying? All your concerns. Huh? What are you calling to go with you? Gratitude. Lord, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Lord, I want to lay everything down at your feet. I want to leave all my concerns with you, and I want to bring forth Thanksgiving, thanksgiving. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and petition. What? With thanksgiving, thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus as you leave all your concerns with God and command them to stay there. Do I have the right to command my worries? Yes, you do. That seems kind of like psychobabble. No, it's not. Because the Bible says bring everything under the lordship of Jesus Christ. If he's going to be our Lord, then he has to be Lord over our worries and our concerns and our what ifs and our 2019. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know my problem. Well, you know how often I get that. You don't know what I'm going through. And I say that. Here's my answer. Then you don't know my God. Yeah, but my, but my my situation is unique. God's seen every situation. And guess what he would say to you if he was standing right here? Do you trust me or not? Really, do you, do you trust me or, or not? And if you trust me, then you have to leave all of your cares and concerns with me. With thanksgiving is when we move our hearts from if only to already. Already. We move from what if or if only problems, if ifs only would be fixed, or what if that's about to happen, to a place of gratitude in the already? In other words, what did God already do? What has He already done? Gratitude is an intentional calling to mind of the benefits of life. What has God already given you? You got a you got somebody in your life you're grateful for? Blue, be grateful. You got you got a kid that's great, you're grateful for your kid for your parents? Be grateful. You got grandkids? You're grateful for your grandkids? Great. Are they knuckleheads? Be grateful for them anyway. I don't have knucklehead grandkids. I'm so glad. Thank you, Lord. With gratitude for life and for life's goodness. See, I place my worries at the feet of God, and I say, stay there, and I call gratitude forward. So number one, teach your worries to stay, but teach your gratitudes to come. Gratitude right here come this way, gratitude. Follow me. Follow me. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Gratitude, I want you to come this way as I leave all my cares upon the Lord, as I trust God for everything. Peter knew this, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because because he cares for you, NIV. Cast all your anxiety... And then New Living Translation says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Here's my question. Don't you dare. Some of you are going to get mad at me, but that's okay. Next service will be nice. Don't you dare going around saying, oh, I just love Jesus. I just love him so much. And don't give him your stuff. Because with one mouth, you say, I'm so grateful for the Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. I just love to worship him. And then you walk over here and go, oh, man. Gosh, if only this would change. If the, no, no you, you can't do both. You have to come to a place where you say, you know what? I'm going to trust in the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Oh, that's an old song. We used to sing it, but we don't do it. So I'm just challenging in 2019. Start doing this stuff. Colossians 2 again. Just as you know Christ, just as you have faith in Christ, live in Christ, walk in him. The prophet Jeremiah wrote this incredible book that all of us really like to read, don't we, Lamentations? He's laying out all his worries and his anxieties to the Lord, but right in the middle, here's here's what he says, but this I, I call to mind, another word would be I quicken this to my mind. The Bible is so clear about our minds and how we think and how God wants to renew our minds. When I'm discouraged, when I'm, I'm depressed, when I'm feeling anxiety, I will call this to mind and therefore I have what? Oh. I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. So he's lamenting, God, life is not going well. I'm going to call this to mind. Now this is this is more than psychobabble. This is this is good theology. Lord, I'm looking at everything in my life right now, but right now I have to stop. I have to call this to mind. And therefore I have hope. What? For what God has already done. This is these are the already's. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. I've experienced that. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your so, Lord. I want to tell you how bad life is, but 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 excuse me. We're gonna preempt the the, the the whining and the moaning for a little calling to mind. And I'm gonna stop and say, Lord, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. Look it. Says my soul. I've got all this stuff going on in my life. Be anxious for nothing. Why? Because my soul is saying, I will hope in him based on what he's already done. Some of us are waiting for God to do something so we can be grateful. We need to stop and be grateful for what he's already done. And more importantly, we need to be grateful for who he is. Gratitude leads us out of despair of the if only and into the hope of already. God has already blessed us. God has already done so much for us. For Jeremiah, he calls to mind that he already had a steadfast love of the Lord with him. In other words, steadfast. It was not going to be uh, watered down or taken away from him. Worries, (laughs) anxiety. Let me ask you this question. How are you in the gratitude department? What's it take to make you grateful? I was um, asked several years ago to speak at a men's camp, and these guys gathered together, and um, all the Worship leaders and worship team in their church was mostly women. So it was a men's camp. They didn't bring them. And these two guys got up to play their guitars. And I got to just tell you, I heard them warm up and I said, oh, Lord, this is really not good. And one guy was, and you've watched enough, you know, vocal shows and America's Got Talent. You know the word pitchy. This guy was pitchy. He was all the oh, You know. It was bad. It was so bad in warm-up. I said, Lord, help these boys, will you? And the guys came in, it was about three hundred men, and they all gathered in, hey, all ready to go. They just had barbecue. You know, they're all ready. Hey, hey, hey. Guys with toothpicks, they're all ready to go. You know, guys telling redneck jokes back and forth. They're all ready to go. And these two guys started worship. It was, man, it was bad. It was bad. And I heard the little whisper of the Lord. Are you going to let their skill determine your worship? Or are you going to worship me because I deserve to be praised? See, some of us are really, oh boy, if we could just have the really good worship, the best, best, you know. By the way, February 9th, Tommy Walker and his band will be here February 9th. Better, better mark it down. And it's so great. They're not going to only be here February 9th. They're going to be here in the morning, February 10th. And so we're going to have night of concert. We're going to have a morning of worship. We're going to call it Heart Shot right before Valentine's because some of you need a heart shot. And... Uh, uh, and, and I've had people say, oh, we love when they come because they got world-class musicians and, and singers that record with some of the best artists in the world. But listen, don't you dare wait for a moment where the worship's to your liking for you to go, okay, I think I'll sing now. Come on. Or I think I'll raise my hands now. Or if my son would just do this, or my daughter would just do that, or my husband would just do this, or my wife would do that, then, then, or, 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 or if I could just find a girlfriend, Hallelujah. A find a girlfriend. That's what if. What if I find her? And then when you find her, you got to worry about her. <laughs> you got to worry about. You know? Did you hear about this gal? Who went a guy went on one date with a woman, and she's a stalker. And she. And this is not a joke. It's a true story. It's all over the news. And uh, he has. He owns a mansion, a multimillionaire, and and uh, she ends up taking a bath in his house while he's in Europe. And she starts hanging out with him and sends him 154. Text messages in one day. Wow. Woo! Do 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 do. You got to worry. You got to just a little bit. But anyway, I'm sorry. I'm I'm off the trail here. And and uh, yeah. Here's what I know. You can either count your worries or you can count your blessings, but you can't count both at the same time. Hey, you should have a soul that's calibrated that the smallest little reason to give thanks. You woo! Praise you, Lord. I mean, somebody just says, hey, good morning, let's work. Boom, you're ready to go. Well, let's see if I like the song or not. You know what I learned that night at that men's camp? I'm going to worship because I'm going to take any worship team and turn it into a masterpiece. I'm going to take any sermon and turn it into a masterpiece. Lord, what do I need to learn from you? God, I'm here. I want to grow. I want my faith to be strong in you. I want my worries to be few. I love what the apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, and 13. He went on to say, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstance. Boy, I want to live that life, don't you? Whether I have a lot or a little, kind of like a metronome, a base or a bound, whether I have much or nothing. He's writing from a prison, not a palace. And he's saying, I've learned the secret of being content. Wow. In every situation, you want to know his secret? to tell you whether well fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want whether they sent me a birthday card or a christmas card or not whether i got invited to the party or not whether my three best friends got together and didn't tell me about it or not come on whether they promote me or not whether i get the raise or not whether the teacher gives me an a or not whether i get a good base assignment in the military, or not. I have learned I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ. I can do all what things? I can be content. I can tell all my worries, stay. No, you stay. Bad boy, you stay. And I can call all the gratitude. You come with me. Follow after me. If only... We could get all our worries to stay at the feet of Jesus. Hey, some of you leave your worries at the feet of Jesus and walk away talking about them. No, don't do that anymore. Just say, this belongs to you, Lord. My son belongs to you. My daughter belongs to you. My husband belongs to you. It's outside your circle. I will do what I can inside my circle, but outside my circle, I'm not responsible for what they do. That ties me to the second point. Circumstantial contentment turns us into wounded Worried people. Circumstantial. What did I say earlier? 104 verses in Philippians, and every 2.5 verses we have Paul saying, Jesus Christ, in Christ, because of Christ. He leaves his concerns there. Back in chapter 1 of Philippians, we see him say this, I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Now, some of you would think deliverance from prison. He's not saying that. I'm going to be delivered no matter where I am, he says. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body. What's his paramount issue? I want Jesus exalted in my life, whether by death or or, or by life, for me to, come on, To live is Christ and to die is gain. This is all I'm asking for God to give you in 2019. Your life in Christ. Whether you're alive, whether you you die, whether you're rich or famous, or whether you're not, if I'm to go on living in this body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I don't know. I'm torn between the two. Could you imagine living this way? I desire to be Away from you and be with Christ. Wow, heaven and all its glory, which is better by far. But it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Hey, actually, here's what he says. Whether I live or die, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Wouldn't it be great if we could make our lives all about Jesus in 2019? How come you're not worried, says your neighbor? How come you seem so jovial? How come there's pep in your step? You know? Well, I'm on a new vitamin regimen. Hey, how about you tell them this? You know what I've learned? I've learned to take my worries and give them to the Lord. And kind of like training a dog, I just tell them to stay. You stay. Stay. Stay right there. And I'm walking in a new contentment now that's only found in Christ. Here's a testimony. People say, I wish I had a testimony. I just gave you one. You worry less, guess what's going to happen? People are going to notice it. We talked about being uh, uh, anxious and how anxiety and chaos are contagious, but so are peace and calm. When you walk in a room and you're peace and there's calm because of your presence, you don't suck the oxygen out of the room, come on, and you're bringing peace and you're bringing calmness to people, it's so contagious and people are going to ask you, how come you're that way? And you can just tell them, for me to live is Christ. See, Paul's not teaching us about being delivered from jail, but being delivered from not having sufficient courage for all the circumstances that we face. No matter where I am, Paul says, I will be content. Christ-based contentment turns us into strong, resilient people. And that's my prayer for you in 2019. Since no one can take Christ from us, no one can take our joy. Let me say it again. Since no one can take Christ from us, no one can take our joy. The devil will try to distract us. He'll try to rob our joy, but he can't take it from us. You have to give it to him. If you want to be joyless, you have to give away your joy. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. The second one, isn't that great? Love, joy, and peace. He wants us to live in love, joy, and peace all the time. So what can separate us? Can can death? Jesus is greater than death. Can sin? No, Jesus is greater than sin. Can failure? No, Jesus is greater than our failures. Somebody say amen to that. Come on. How about betrayal? No, when we are betrayed, we remember that. So was Jesus. He was betrayed. And in our betrayal, may we find ourselves growing even closer to the one who will never betray us. What about sickness? No. God has promised whether on this side... Of heaven or the other side, God's grace is sufficient and he will heal us. How about disappointment? Maybe you were disappointed in 2018. No, because even in all our plans, they don't work out the way we want them to. We know God's plans ultimately will. Here's a statement. It's not in your notes, but I'm going to repeat it because this is so good. If you are a Christian with a personal relationship with Jesus, then what you have in Christ is greater than anything you don't have in this life. If you are a Christian with a personal relationship with Jesus, then what you have in Christ is greater than anything you don't have in this life. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the peace that surpasses all understanding. And my heart for you in 2019 is that you just live in Christ and let him live in you. So before I I wrap this up and, and close in prayer, I want to read... Some words, and they're not on the screen on purpose. I I just want to read some words to you from Romans chapter 8. The same Paul that writes Philippians 4 writes in Romans chapter 8, and let these be words for you. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory the Lord will reveal to us later. And the Holy Spirit. Helps us in every one of our weaknesses. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. What then shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who could be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all the things that we need? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Because it's God who justifies us. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us each and every day. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, any power, any influence whether high or low, or anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans chapter 8. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.